Welcome to Stutzcast. It is 7.32 on September the 6th. It's a Monday morning, 2021. And I am recording this in Summerford Keynes in the Cotswolds of England. I'm overlooking very still lake which at the moment is slightly hazy <clears throat> as the sun builds in strength but there's a little dew dew is something that you get in the UK and the dew is sitting on the grass very beautiful here so calm oh look there's one two three four more hens just just landed in front of me on the lake it's gorgeous here. Anyway, thank you for joining. And um, I'm talking quietly because I don't have my microphone with me. Forgot to pack it. And um, so I'm just recording directly into the cell phone. <laughs> we'll see how that works. But um, now you're probably thinking, wait a minute. He's in the Cotswolds in England. But he should be on the Camino de Santiago in Spain. If you were listening to the last podcast, well, true, I will explain why. So what we'll do is we'll start a new little mini season of uh, Stutzcast (laughs) goes on tour. And I'll explain. I have been on the uh, Camino and now I'm in the Cotswolds. So (laughs) let's go. talking quietly because it's so calm and sleepy here. Um, I'm actually sitting out on a sort of an Adirondack style chair overlooking the the lake and um, I'm staying at the Cotswolds home of Katie and David Scott and it's, it's just fantastic here. Absolutely beautiful home. I'm sitting by the swimming pool on the lakefront. Uh, Maya and Christina are upstairs, snoozing, sleeping. And Katie and David are in the top bedroom, sleeping. So I'm the only one up. And uh, I don't know if this microphone's picking it up, but I'm surrounded by the sort of morning chatter of English <laughs> countryside birds. It's really, it's really a pleasure. And I, I can see in the distance the uh, four swans taking their morning feed. A whole selection of different types of ducks and moorhens. Uh, and over above me there are pigeons, wood pigeons. And uh, that sort of chattering there, I think, are starlings. <laughs> Not quite sure. Anyways, it's a tranquil scene. But... Let's step back in time, and let's go back to Sunday the 29th of August, which is where I should have started my podcasting, but I didn't, (laughs) for various technical reasons. Um, But anyway, I still want to share with you what's been going on, because so much has been happening. So Sunday, uh, last Sunday, 
uh, the 29th of August was the day that I set forth from Andalusia, our home in the south of Spain, um, and headed for the north, for Pamplona. By <laughs> those ducks, um, by car. So uh, I got in the old Mercedes and uh, armed with my um, backpack, fully loaded with all my new equipment um, and my sticks and a full tank of gas and off I set. And uh, I, I, honestly, the roads in Spain are a complete pleasure to drive on because there's no traffic. It's not like driving around the UK or anywhere like that, where as soon as you start, you stop because you know, there's a traffic jam. No, the, the, the old-fashioned pleasure of driving, especially if you're in a decent you know, sports car, is a thrill. And so I set off on the toll roads. Well, you know, there's a combination of toll roads and free roads, but uh, they're really good. And you can go directly through the mountains over a series of tunnels and bridges or through to the tunnels and over the bridges um, you just keep going and, and, and you know I hesitate to admit this but it was a nine hour journey to Pamplona my average speed was 114 kilometers per hour I have to stress not miles per hour but that's still pretty good you know considering you know there are places where you have to slow down and the old Mercedes, ah, you know, she's a CLK 430, so quite a big engine, you know, V8, and just, just creams along, you know, absolutely no problem overtaking big trucks, and, um, you know, no effort, you know, I don't think we hit 3,000 reps the whole journey, um, and I went through the most delightful countryside, you know, all the wine regions, not all the wine regions, but the wine regions between, you know, Andalusia and, and uh, Pamplona, and the, vine- uh, the, the olive groves, and the sunflower uh, fields, uh, mountain ranges, and plateaus, and plains, and all in, in absolutely clear sky, sunlight. You know, I, I'm surprised, you know, I went through... Um, regions and oh my god I can't remember now I'm certainly Rioja and Navarra Navarra obviously because that's where Pamplona is <clears throat> but it's great I didn't stop I mean I did stop for petrol but that was it and uh, arrived in Pamplona uh, what time did I arrive I think it was around about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon and uh, it's an ancient walled city gorgeous <clears throat> um, and it sits in, you know, as a sort of the uh, the main city of Navarra, which has had an interesting chequered history, vying for independence. Um, it's the sort of heart of Basque country, and um, you know, it has been independent. It's been French, it's been Spanish, it's even been... Oh, there's more walking right past my feet. Hello. Hello, little girl. She, she's lovely. Just, just sort of... She looks like somebody who's, you know, stepping quietly through somebody's home not to wake everybody up. <laughs> you 
sort of red, putting her feet down so gently. Ah, oh, she's really cute. Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, Pamplona. Um, parked the car in an underground car park. I didn't know where to park. Um, made my way to my hotel. I booked a hotel uh, for that night because I knew I was going to be staying in hostels for the next few nights. Um, uh, and I was you know, there the day before the bus journey that takes uh, takes me from Pamplona to Saint-Jean-du-Pied-de-Port which is where the Camino starts, or my Camino started. Um, so I had some time, you know, checked into the hotel, a tiny little room, but perfect, you know, nice shower, and, and right in the square, it's it's interesting name, it's um, Plaza de la, de la Virgen de O, in, uh, oh, meaning O, the letter, just the letter O, right, you know, on the city wall, and uh, really good. I was lucky, I don't know how I got that one, but right <clears throat> in the heart of ancient Pamplona. <clears throat> and uh, so I checked in, you know, unpacked and repacked my uh, backpack, which is something that you'll find that if you ever do a kind of a hiking, especially a Camino, that's something that becomes kind of like a ritual, unpacking your, your backpack and repacking it. You know, your sort of kit management is very important when you're on that sort of stuff. You need to know where everything is uh, quickly <clears throat> and not overpack. Anyway, so I took a tour around the, uh, the city. I was only wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and I have to say the temperature's whew, 20 degrees lower than it is in Andalusia. Still warm, you know, it was like 22. Uh, but, you know, that's just on the edge of maybe needing a pair of long trousers and a jacket. Anyway, I didn't have that. I mean, I had it with me, but I didn't put them on. I, no, I didn't have long trousers. So, um, I discovered, you know, the, the main square surrounded by a whole, you know, bank of restaurants. I have to say that all these restaurants are tourist restaurants. You know, it's all kind of like standard burgers, fries, chicken, yes, serrano ham, but you know, nothing flash, but just good standard food. They're all offering a variety of the same stuff. And um, I was actually looking for somewhere to eat, but I couldn't find anywhere. So. Not not because I couldn't find anywhere, there's plenty of them, but I couldn't get in. You know, there's queues, people waiting to get in. So, you know, the COVID problem, you know, it's not uh, stopping people from going in their numbers to restaurants in Pamplona. So I thought, well, I'll I'll walk around some of the other streets. And I found, you know, one really good street with just, you know, bar after bar after bar on either side. Narrow street, no, no traffic, it's cobbled street, but um, cool, trendy bars, you know, but all with high top tables and uh, tapas, well, yeah, tapas type food, Um, but I thought a bit more what I was looking for, you know, a bit more of the experience of Pamplona rather than just a general tourist experience. What I did notice too is, maybe it's just, I'm not trendy enough yet, but the sort of prevailing 
style of dress, especially amongst the youth, and not even that young. You know, I'd say people into their sort of mid-thirties is like dreadlocked hair, face piercings, and tattoos. That's that, that struck me. And I thought, wow, I've got to get myself some face piercings and, and some tattoos if I'm going to fit in around here. <laughs> anyway, I didn't do that, obviously. But, um, and I, I found a bar where you're always a bit awkward when you're on your own because, you know, they kind of look at you like, oh, this is just you. <laughs> All right, follow me. <laughs> guy took me to my table and I ordered, it was nice, small dishes, very delicious. I had, I don't know what it was, like a sort of a, a battered, um, big prawn dish. Uh, I had, obviously I had my plate of pata negra, which I love, a couple of glasses of red wine. Um, I had a salady type thing, <laughs> I had quite a lot. Uh, I was hungry. I'd driven for nine hours and hadn't eaten. And then, um, you know, walked home, uh, home to the hotel happy and uh, excited for the, you know, upcoming trip. Got up in the morning, had a great night's sleep, got up in the morning and uh, walked. But, oh, look, two little ducks and larks have come up onto the grass here. Male and a female. Good morning. Hello. Oh, it's flapping the water off their wings. Come up for a little peck of the grass. <laughs> okay, so um, walked the whole of the uh, city. I mean, really, I, I did about 15 kilometres of walking with my backpack on as I checked out of my hotel. And I came across a very interesting uh, architectural construction in the shape of a pentagon which is the main sort of, uh, well, I would say, outdoor exposition area. And they have a whole series of entertainment and things in, in Pamplona, where, um, you know, each night they have, like, concerts, opera. What were they were preparing for when I was walking around it was some sort of equestrian event where they were building, I don't know, like, 50, 60 uh, uh, rows of stables. I mean, 50, 60 stables in rows. And uh, they were putting sand down, and obviously they're going to have some kind of a, uh, an area where the horses do whatever they do. That's pretty interesting. And what was fascinating was you can walk in amongst the sort of bulldozers and things and just walk around. Nobody was telling you that you shouldn't be in there. Um, so I walked all the way around that. And then um, John Birch. Uh, who was on his way from America, you know, was due to arrive in Madrid from New York and then taking a smaller plane from New York, sorry, from Madrid to Pamplona and then a taxi from Pamplona Airport to Pamplona uh, bus stop. And uh, so anyway, all went to plan. He was texting me when he landed in Madrid. His flight was due to land at... Uh, I think it was one o'clock in Pamplona. Get a taxi across, and the bus was due to leave at uh, two thirty. So <clears throat> all went to plan. He duly arrived. In the meantime, I, I'd been to the uh, ticket office at the bus station, even though I already had a ticket, because I wanted to check what um, documentation I was going to need. Because in these COVID times, it's all passenger locators and COVID tests, and God knows what. So anyway, so. I had had on Sunday morning 
uh, an uncomfortable COVID test, which was negative. And uh, so I was armed with that, and my passports and my residency cards, and, you know, had it all. Went up to the desk and said, now what documentation am I going to need to cross the border into France? Because Saint-Pierre-du-Pierre-de-Port is in France. And she looked at me quizzically and said, well, the bus driver doesn't ask for any documentation. I said, yes, but obviously we're going to cross the border into France, so, you know, what do I need? She shrugged her shoulders and said, nothing. What? Are you sure? And she smiled and said, "Uh, well, if you want to check into the police station when you get there and give them your documents, you're welcome to do that, but nobody would (laughs) do that. So I said, okay. I thought, that's strange. I didn't need to bother with my COVID test then. Anyway, John arrived. It was great seeing him. Um, he was all excited for the, uh, you know, the, even though he'd had a long journey, he wasn't tired. Excited for the upcoming Camino. And uh, so we had you know, a little um, water and an Aquarius in the uh, underground bus station. Uh, waited for the bus to arrive. It did, gone. And then we had this hour and a half's winding journey um, through the, the, the most gorgeous countryside. You know, and it mountainous, very mountainous. And after an hour and a half, you know, I said to John, when we arrived, I said, you know, are we sure we're going to be able to walk back in three days? Because <laughs> it's supposed to be a three-day walk back to Pamplona. So how, how the heck are we going to get back in three days? He's, I was thinking the exact same thing. Anyway, so uh, we... Um, Got out of the bus, of course, no officials or anything, no no passport control, nothing. Just got out of the bus and off, off you walk to your hostel. So, walked off uh, through something, I would say, that reminded me, a, a village or a small town, that reminded me of something out of Hansel and Gretel. Or one of those, if you do remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, one of those sort of ancient medieval villages that they had in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was like that, you know, like ancient, ancient walls and cobble streets and bridges and no cars and thronging with French tourists. And uh, it was really quite something. If you ever get a chance to go there, do, you know, and full of restaurants and it's good. But uh, so we found our way to our um, hostel. This, so this is my first hostel experience, and uh, I have to say, charming man. Um, welcome to see him. Spoke very good English, despite my desire to practice my French or Spanish. Um, he spoke in a much better English, so we stayed stuck with English. Checked in. Oh, uh, well, I had a problem because he hadn't didn't have my reservation, despite the fact that I had reserved. So we had to sort of faff with that a little bit, but check me in to room with four bunks quite good bunks you know built into the sort of wall with curtains to sort of draw yourself into privacy that was the only time we saw anything as good as that um and uh said so I, I said well i'll take the top one because you know the top one's the unpopular one and he said you know if you, as you've just checked in perhaps you'd be good enough to take the top bunk i said sure and um you know, John took the bottom one, we sort of cleaned ourselves up, and then um, off we went to walk around the village a little bit, and uh, it was about six o'clock by then, so we got to a restaurant, both ravenous, and 
you know, you could have picked any, they all look good, but um, we picked this one, this great big guy, who's obviously the matron, oh, look, two ducks, and one, two, three, four little chicks walking across the lawn, now they can only be days old, they are tiny, they're about as big as the palm of my hand, little sort of yellowy, fluffy feathers. Uh, this is this. I wish you could see it. This is a scene out of something. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Like the Chariots of Fire movie or something. It's really gorgeous. Anyway, so um, yeah. So this big matron. Oh, they're going to jump into the swimming pool. Are they? She's heading. They are. Oh my God! David won't be pleased. She's looking at the swimming pool. She's. Is she going to go in? I don't know. She's walking off again. She's thought better of it. <laughs> walking around the swimming pool, though. <laughs> anyway, let me get on with the story. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the maitre d', or the owner, whoever it was, um, <laughs> he said, sit down. Uh, you know, Seven o'clock. So it was only six. Oh God, we're out to wait. Okay, so we found a bar right opposite on the other side of the road. Sat there and we had a couple of good beers, much appreciated. And uh, then seven o'clock came. Over we went. <coughs> and uh, he actually asked to see our uh, COVID vaccination uh, certificates. Um, and you had a photograph of mine, but you know they need to be seen to be asking. But I don't think they really care. But he sort of went with it. And we had a delicious meal. I had coffee de canard. You know, the sort of uh, crunchy duck-like thing. And um, we're good. And off we went back into the uh, hostel. And um, promptly fell asleep. There was a lady um, who we subsequently discovered to be uh, Lydia. Um, who had, in the meantime, got into one of the other bunks, and another lady called Annika got into the other one. Well, lady, I mean, I think they're both in their kind of, like, late 20s. And um, so, you know, I was tired out, went to sleep. And, uh, okay, so, you know, I I will do these podcasts in sort of shorter installments so you get flavour of it. I should have done it live because you'd have got the, the 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 audio sort of experience too. But anyway, I can't do that because I couldn't, for some reason, record because I couldn't get the signal out on the Camino. But um, so we'll have to make do with this. But uh, okay, so this is going to be a theme. So I woke up in the morning, you know, quite excited. A little t- too early. It was about five o'clock in the morning. We were not due to get up until like six thirty. But um, and you know the, the landlord told us that there would be some breakfast at six thirty, and then we were going to go by about seven. And uh, so I came down, you know, did my ablutions, and uh, uh, John woke up, and I said, John, how did you sleep? And he said, terrible. I said, really? What happened? He said, you're snoring. <laughs> I said, oh no, really? He said, God, it's loud. I said, I'm so sorry. I, God, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm a bit of a snorer. 
So uh, that that gave me pause for thought. I thought, oh God, how's that gonna how's that gonna pan out if I'm keeping everybody awake? So I felt bad, black looks over the breakfast table, and then I thought, oh my God, did Lydia, you know, have the same problem? And uh, uh, Annika, <laughs> full of self-doubt after that. Um, anyway, um, so we set off, and uh, I've got to tell you, you know, we were pretty quickly out of the village, and uh, felt good, you know, it was morning, it was mist, and not just mist, fog, sort of hanging in the valleys, you know, ma- making the, the valleys look, look all at the same level, like little bowls of soup, you know. It, it, it was just, I kept looking back, thinking, God, that's gorgeous. And, it was, and the landscape just got better and better uh, as we went up. And up we went. I can tell you, it was a 25-kilometer walk to the next, to the stop. And uh, 20 of those 25 kilometers were up. And we went up as high as... 1,400 meters. That's pretty high. Uh, so up we went. And, uh, you know, yeah, you needed to be fit. That, that was for sure. So I was glad I did, I'd had done my training because uh, it was a test. But, you know, we were okay. John had been training, I'd been training. We'd, we, we were okay. You know, tiring, but good. And uh, those. Pyrenean mountains are well they just reminded me of the Austrian Tyrol or the Swiss Alps you know green verdant and just littered with sheep cows um, and horses those are the three sort of main uh, sort of animals that we came across and <laughs> little note on, on, on sort of the nasal experience um, Despite the fact that we were way out in the countryside, the uh, pervading uh, aroma up there for the whole day was basically cow shit and horse shit. <laughs> Sorry to be so crude, but that's what it was. Whew! Everywhere you went. <clears throat> but, and sheep. Um, and we passed, you know, flocks of sheep on the move with the bellwether sheep. In other words, literally, sheep one or two of them in each flock had bells and all the other sheep followed the ones with the bells it was gorgeous and uh, horses too had bells and cows so presumably because it's pretty open country there so the uh, farmers who farm them can find them and uh, interesting that the horses and the sheep kind of mix in with each other and what's even more interesting was uh, right up when you get high um, there are a lot of vultures up there, you know, uh, in their sort of groups. I, I think, well, we saw them in groups of five or six everywhere we went. And at one point, I, I took a photograph of one because we were actually above it. It was quite breathtaking. We were above this big bird of prey. And I took a photograph of him. And uh, I used my Merlin app. There's a heron, big heron, just flying, sorry, I'm digressing, just saw a big heron flying over the lake, um, yeah, but here, up in the Pyrenees, I was, 
you know, struck by the size of this bird. Is, is that really a vulture? It looks more graceful and bigger. <clears throat> well, bigger, at least the same size. But I thought, no, it looks different to me. It looks more like an eagle. So I got my Merlin bird identification app going, and it was a golden eagle. John was with me at the time, and I said, look at this. He said, oh, my God, yeah, a graceful golden eagle. Absolutely fantastic. <sighs> and we just continued to go up all day. And the countryside, it is like something out of the Lord of the Rings. You know, it really is. Or, or The Hobbit, or, or a combination of the two. <laughs> it was just breathtaking. And we were lucky with the weather. Clear sky and warm, you know, hot, actually, despite the fact we were so high. Nothing like the, the heat of, you know, the, the south of Spain. But, you know, probably early 20s in centigrade. Enough to make you sweat, that's for sure. And so a couple of times, you know, we had to stop and uh, air out the old uh, socks. <laughs> Apparently that's what you do. Um, all the other experts were doing that, so I joined in, you know, you take your walking, hiking boots off and take your socks off, air your feet. And I must admit, it worked, because I never got a blister the whole time. Um, and then we, uh, we got to a, a place pretty high where there was a truck. Um, selling, you know, little snacky things like, you know, hard-boiled eggs, and I loved it. I like hard-boiled eggs, but it was just what I wanted at the time. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, an Aquarius did that, aired our feet, and he told us it was another, I think he said it was another eight kilometres we had to go, so it doesn't sound too bad. So what I'll do with these podcasts is I'll just give you a day-by-day, one podcast per day, so that we can break it down a little bit. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, 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 from this point, I'll move into the close and just take you down to uh, where we stayed. Okay, so uh, I don't have my buddy Ruby here to ask for permission to go into the close, so I'm just going to have to do it. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll go into the closing section now. Uh, reached the highest point of day one, um, 1,400 meters, and then, uh, then at last, after mm, I think it was about seven and a half hours of uphill hike, we finally started a descent into the village, if you can call it that, of uh, Roncesvalles or Roncesvalles, because. <clears throat> During the day, we had actually passed from France into Spain. Um, there was a big sort of obelisk that marked, you know, it just said uh, Navarra. You're entering Navarra. This obviously is in Spain. So apart from that, <laughs> there's no other border control, nothing like that. And um, John and I had found that we were pretty compatible as walking buddies. You know, we like to walk about the same pace. You know, we had good banter, you know, it was really enjoyable. I mean, this is an experience I would highly recommend to anybody who likes that kind of thing. You know, just 
you're, you're, you know, this is what life's really about. It's not just about the, the, the root monotony and the routine of your daily work. I mean, some people are lucky enough to have fascinating work. I know I've had fascinating work. But this takes you completely away from all that, you know. And it's back to the essentials of life, you know, physical, nature, you know, your, your sort of simple pleasures. You know, you're hungry, you're tired, you're thirsty, and all those things. You deal with those on a sort of a, a more simplistic level. You're not trying to get so sophisticated with, oh my God, we've got to book into the best restaurant, have you heard, all that sort of stuff. No, it's just that I'm really tired, I'm really hungry, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you appreciate everything you get with with a much more simple enthusiasm. So, anyway, we we started the descent, and it's quite hard, actually, Um, on the legs going downhill. In some ways, I'd say it's harder going downhill than uphill. Because you've got the brakes on the whole time, you know, your knees are sort of jarring. But anyway, it was about a, I think, probably a, another hour of downhill, still through gorgeous countryside. And the paths were you know, varied. Um, obviously, occasionally you were on, you know, tarmac roads, you know, and there were farmers with vehicles occasionally. Um, but a lot of the time, these were just bridle paths and uh, footpaths. Um, the sticks were fantastic. I, I could not have walked uh, without the sticks, you know, because they give you that four points of balance and weight distribution really good. And, you know, if you one foot slips, you've got two poles to prevent you from falling. Really good. So we started to move down and we'd sort of really met anybody at this stage what you do is when you're on these walks and you pass people you say buen camino and they say buen camino back and you can't really tell what nationality they are and um, you know it turned out that there were a lot of French a lot of Spanish um, some Germans some Italians um, a Hungarian um some Canadians, no other Brits that we came across, and what was apparently sort of starkly missing were the Australians, the New Zealanders, and the South Africans. You know, COVID's locked them down. <clears throat> so, really fascinating mix of people, and language skills are actually an advantage. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be able to speak uh, bad, but intelligible. Um, Spanish and French which, you know, I was very grateful for um, but we'll come on to that um, yeah, so, so we did <laughs> having said language was important I'm just about to say we met th- these two Canadian ladies but we did um, these two Canadian ladies on our way down to Roncevaux and um, so we got chatting with them you know, they were I, I, I think in their sort of mid 50s or, or, or thereabouts, sort of hesitating a bit because you, know, you don't want to be insulting. Not that they can listen to this, but uh, anyway, um, we're chatting with them, and uh, she said uh, the main one we were talking to said she lived in the Canadian prairie, which <laughs> is flat, it's a pancake, so she'd had no chance to do any kind of uphill training. <laughs> and um, 
so she'd struggled and she hadn't done the whole thing she'd spent a night in a hostel um, halfway through the, the path that we'd taken so you know she'd broken it into two which you know I can understand why <clears throat> so she'd done about 12 kilometers but anyway um, so we, we could see where we were going um, after a while which was a formerly a you know monastery quite a big place um, so we headed down uh, and down and down it's quite a long way down uh, into this little well I was it was really just a monastery in the village um, nothing more um, and it was still gorgeous weather and we came down and down and down and we looked we went through back through the tree line because we had been above the tree line um, through much more sort of green verdant pastures still cows everywhere but these are big what looked to me like charolais you know horned uh, white or creamy um, coated big uh, cows with bells on and as we got nearer the abbey or, or the monastery you know we could hear them grazing in the in the meadows on the lower slopes so it was all quite uh, atmosph uh, atmospheric and uh, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll end it there and and so for the next stats cast we'll talk about the night in Rosevo and the following day if that's okay I mean I hope that's right but thank you for listening this far and um, well we we will continue with the you know Camino de Santiago in the next instalment. <laughs>